I'm very, very excited about this stream. Um, this is all about telling true, true stories. Mate, can you believe I just gave you 40 quid? No. <laughs> Who else would like 40 quid? Yeah, I've got nothing else. Okay, so... <laughs> So this stream is all about telling true stories. And uh, we call it true story because they're not made up. They're actually... Who knew? And uh, so we've got some real people. Hello, Lauren. And some other people coming in just to talk about their stories. Now, some are going to talk about how they came to faith, but mostly about stuff that's gone on in their life uh, since, or maybe a particular aspect uh, of their life. And that's what I've found over the years... That is the best way, one of the best ways can, to connect with what God does. And so who likes reading books? Who likes watching films? Who likes a bit of Netflix? Yeah, and all that stuff, that's just telling stories. Because in all of us, we love a story. God's made us like that, to connect with people. And it's great to connect with people about how, what God has done in their life. And often as we do that, we can see that God wants to do things in our life as well. So as we do that, different people are going to come and talk to you about a story. And sometimes we're going to pray for people afterwards. Sometimes we're going to give an opportunity to answer them questions. What are we doing today? Praying. Praying, okay. <laughs> so we're going to be praying for just one another afterwards as well. How I got some youth leaders in the room? <laughs> the least enthusiastic youth leaders of all time. <laughs> Wonderful. Are there any youth leaders in the room? Yeah. Great, I'm happy about it. Great, because I've got a game for you. No, joking. Um, have we got any red caps in the room? <laughs> Two. Let's hope you're not have to pray for many people. Mm. Um, red caps come totally for free to pray for people. Who knew? Okay, so uh, we are going to kick off with Lauren. Everyone say hi, Lauren. Hello. Lauren's a very good friend of mine. She's awesome. I'm going to pray for her and then I'm going to hand over to her. Is that right? Cool. Yeah. Dear Lord God, thanks so much for Lauren. Thank you for her enthusiasm and love for life and love for you as well. Please help her as she tells her story to us now and help us to listen well and engage. And God, we pray, please, would you speak to us too? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Stephen. How are you all doing? First day, first night in a tent. Was it all right? No. Last night was my second night. I can promise you tonight you'll have a better sleep. I hate camping, really. Okay, so as Stephen says, my name is Lauren, and I'm really excited to be here today. Some would say I'm quite loud, which is quite good because my name's Lauren, and those things are loud Lauren, you see. So sometimes I'm being called growing up loud Lauren. Sometimes I was called a talker Lauren. Sometimes I was being called an enthusiastic and happy Lauren. But for those of you that don't know me, um, I live in Brighton, and I'm part of Emmanuel. Great. And uh, with my husband, Dan, I think he's somewhere here at the back, and we've been married for three years this year. Whoop, whoop. Um, so I work normally nine till five in a boring office job doing finance. Boo. So I live a glamorous life doing that normally Monday to Friday. But I've grown up over the years coming to New Day. I was, uh, back in the day, going, went to the first ever New Day in 2004. Are there any other people that were here? 2004. Great. Um, so, yeah, so now it makes me feel very old, but I've been part of the 1214 team now for a couple of years, and I absolutely love it. Um, so a little bit about me. I was brought up in a Christian family. I had wonderful parents. I was the eldest of three with two younger brothers, 
so I was very much in charge. And uh, if, I, if I'm completely honest with you guys, I've never really not known Jesus in my life. And um, I'm really grateful for that. I don't remember a time that he wasn't in my life at some point. But today, I'm going to be sharing my story about my identity with Jesus and uh, how over the years I've learned to struggle with that sometimes, and sometimes that's been painful. Sometimes that's been a real blessing to say, answer the question, who am I? But I've only got about 20 minutes, so let's see where we get to. If I keep talking, just say, Lauren, enough's enough. (laughs) So growing up, as I said, I was always known as being loud, Lauren. Everyone always could hear me a mile off. And I used to have really bad hearing as well, so I used to just blame my ears. I didn't really didn't know how loud I was, but sometimes it got me into a little bit of trouble. As I said, I was also a real talker. I'm 100% extrovert, so if there are any extroverts in the room. <laughs> so being a combination of being 100% extrovert, a little loud, a talker, sometimes it did get me into trouble at school. But there was one time that I specifically remember where suddenly I wasn't quite enjoying the reputation that it was giving me. And uh, there was one time, it was parents' evening. I don't know if some of you go to parents' evening with your parents. Is that a thing still? Yeah? So I used to, like, really enjoy parents' evening. I think it's a bit weird, but I used to do quite well at school, so I was quite looking forward to an evening where all my teachers were going to say great things about me. I used to get a little treat at the end, so I was, like, buzzing. I was like, great, this is going to be a really good evening. And there I was... Subject after subject, hearing lovely things about me, and it was, it was really fun. But there was one parent's evening that definitely stood out for me. And there we were, having a great evening, praise after praise. I was feeling great, but then we reached my science teacher. Now, I hated science. Did any of you like science? Oh, oh man, I really hated it. And I think that was very evident in class. And uh, I still remember her name to this day. She was called Mrs. Levitt. And, uh, well, I think we could tell by the look on her face that as we sat down, she was not happy at all. There was no smile across her face. It was just a look of serious seriousness I've never seen. And uh, apparently I was not just being very loud, but I was disrupting the whole class. And she just looked at me. She didn't even look at my parents. And she just was like, I think you know exactly what I'm going to say, Lauren. And it's not going to be good, is it? It was literally like that. It was so cutting. I sat there and I thought, oh, I wish the ground would swallow me up right now. And I think in that moment, being named and shamed in front of my parents and in front of the teacher, I just wanted to sink. Like Joe was saying last night, sink under the ground and just swallow it up. And I just thought, you know what? I just want to run away. Because in the evening where I was used to being praised, it had turned a corner. And suddenly I was being given bad feedback. And I think in the inside, it just felt like I'd failed because I wasn't used to getting things wrong. And suddenly loud and confident Lauren that usually sails through life, gets all the good feedback, was suddenly a bit disappointed in herself. And I started just, to be honest, I just suddenly started to suppress it. I just blamed the teacher. I thought, you know what? She can't really control the class. It's not my fault. But looking back now, I can start to identify where this feeling of being little Miss Perfect or wanting to do everything right started to begin. And as I grew up later in my teenage years and started to make decisions about what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to go to college and what subjects I wanted to take, do I want to go to uni? 
I just started to develop a huge pressures and expectations on myself in what I would achieve. And I just started to develop a real fear of the future because I used to ask myself, what if I get it wrong? And I used to come to conferences like New Day and I uh, uh, heard people about risking their lives for Jesus. I used to come to these seminar streams and think, wow, those guys are doing amazing things. They're like traveling around the world. People are coming Christians. And uh, to be honest, I think rather than it inspiring me, although it did, I just suddenly also on the inside thought, but what if I don't end up doing what God wants me to do? What if I don't end up having a story like that? And what if I miss the boat? Because failing for me wasn't an option. I didn't want another moment where I wanted to sink into the ground and for it to swallow me up. I used to think of life as three big screens. So one was God's plan A. This is like the IMAX. I don't know if you have been there. 3D glasses, it was like legit. It was like the best plan. And I thought, that is the plan A. That's the ultimate That's what God's really pleased with me if I do plan A. That's the best plan. And then there was plan B. I'd say this is like your plasma screen at home. It's your flat screen. It's 50 inches, probably all right. It's, you know, it's all right, but it's not as good as, it's not as good as the IMAX. So I thought if that's God's plan B, he'd probably say, you know what? You did all right. You did a few things wrong here and there, but you got there. You you reached the plasma. But then there was God's plan C. And this was where you really want, didn't want to go. This was like the black and white, not even color. It was a really rubbish TV. And this was like the one that you didn't want to get to. This is one where the one you felt failed, you failed or you felt disappointed. And you just thought, yeah, you know what? I've never got to where God wants me to go. And this image sat with me for a number of years, right through school, right through college, right through university. And people asked me that dreaded question. So what are you going to do then after uni? You think in that moment you're being really helpful, but sometimes you're not. Because if you haven't got an answer, it can really start paralyzing you with fear. And I start to develop this fear, real fear of the future. Fear of disappointing God, fear of disappointing and not being able to get to God's plan A. And I started to be really, really gripped by it. And in my later years, I had to make a difficult decision to end a relationship that I felt that it wasn't God's best for me. And whilst I knew in the decision that God was in it, he wanted me to make that decision. Because I'd always made a promise to God that if I date... I wanted it to be serious. I wanted it to count. um, And I wanted to know that God wanted me to pursue it. But after I became single again, I suddenly just felt that same fear that I'd felt before. I was believing the lie that I had failed. And that left me disappointed. And also, I just got hurt in the process. So what was going on in my heart at the moment I guess looking back now, I was battling with whether I could really trust Jesus. If I don't get to plan A, the big IMAX, where does that leave me? And how would I deal with that disappointment with God if I didn't get to plan A? And what if plan C becomes a reality? Because for me, like I said before, failing wasn't an option. I hadn't failed anything yet. 
So what if I do in the future? What's going to happen? Because I was the person that got things right. I was the person that people looked up to. So if I get something wrong, I used to think that they were going to think that I was weak. And my identity was so wrapped up in what others thought of me and being the perfect Lauren that God wanted me to be. But my expectations of myself were becoming so high. They were just becoming so unreachable and unrealistic. And what I didn't realize is that by doing that, I was just missing out on so much freedom that God had for me. Because when we start believing that sin or bad decisions or just our experiences and our efforts define who we are, then our identity starts becoming defined by our weakness and not by his strength. I'll say that again. Our identity starts becoming defined by our weakness and not by our strength. If we try to be strong in our own strength, then we just fall victim to the enemy. We're saying that we're, we're thinking that we can do it, but we can't do it without God. Because if I start thinking that in the future I'm going to fail, then that's going to hold me back in enjoying what God's got for me. And it says in Proverbs that God calls us to laugh without fear of the future. And he also says in Deuteronomy to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Because the thing about fear is that it robs you from joy. Do you know how many times in the Bible God mentions the words, do not fear? Go on, have a guess. How many times? Two. 52. Higher. How many? 112. Higher. A thousand. A little bit lower. Okay, I'm going to read. The number of times that he says, do not fear in the Bible, is 300. And 65. That's quite a good number to remember because it's how many days are in the year. If it's not a leap year, that's how I remembered it. Anyway, so a little fact for you. But I guess God uh, knew how much we needed to be reminded about not fearing. So how did I find my identity in Jesus? Because if I'm honest, I was reading the scriptures. I was coming to New Day. I was hearing. I was getting involved in church. But somehow... I wasn't allowing myself to access that truth of him being my identity. And rather than Jesus being my anchor and my identity, I was letting perfectionism and my uh, my future be my identity. Because I was believing that my identity was so caught up in the things that I did, in the decisions that I make, in what I do, not who I was in Jesus. And success was ruling my heart. It was distracting me from where I should have been rooted. Because I was putting accomplishments and success as my God. And if I'm honest, it was becoming a bit of an idol in my life. I wasn't putting Jesus first. I was putting myself first. And I remember vividly the moment when God broke this in my life. I was at a prayer evening and someone got to the front And they spoke about someone that was being fearful. And sometimes um, people speak to us in those prayer meetings and they have the gift of prophecy, which basically just means that God's speaking to us through someone in a different way. They can either have a picture of someone, they can try and 
just just talk as as Jesus wants to speak to us. But prophecy is there to encourage us and it's to help speak to us. And in that moment, she got to the front and she said, there's someone here that has got fear specifically about the future. And you know, sometimes you've been in those meetings and you're like, oh man, I think that's me. And my heart started to beat quite fast, fast. But she specifically had a picture of a boat. And uh, there was, she said, there was someone fearful standing in the boat and that God wanted to break fear, specifically fear of the future, and wanted to encourage that person to step out of the boat. And it was like when Peter was asked by Jesus to step out of the boat and walk on the water. I don't know if any of you know this story. But there was a huge, huge storm. And all the disciples were in the boat. And Jesus, out of nowhere, starts walking to them on the water. Which, let's just like put ourselves in that moment. is a pretty crazy thing. So there it is. It's a big storm. Jesus is literally walking on the water towards them. And he says to his friend Peter, who was one of the disciples, he said, Peter, come on, come and walk, with, walk to me. So what does he do? I guess he was like, okay, I'm going to trust you. This is a little bit weird. So he actually steps out of the boat. And Jesus just says, come to me, Peter. And he fixes his eyes on, on Jesus and he starts walking. And he starts walking across the water and he's probably thinking, oh, this is fairly cool. Even in the storm, he was walking on water. But suddenly in that moment, it got a bit windier. The storm, it started getting a bit crazy. And for a moment, he took his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. So no longer was he walking on the water. And in that moment, he started to sink and he cries out. and He said, Jesus, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. And in this moment, this lady was praying for me. I felt like Jesus was reaching out to me and immediately holding my hand. He wasn't going to let me sink in that water anymore. He wasn't going to let me be gripped by fear. He was not going to let me go. But he did want me to step out of the boat and fix my eyes on him and trust in him. And in that moment, as I put my trust in him, I could sense fears of the future and perfectionism go. Because Jesus wanted to train me into trusting in him, in fully putting my faith and trust in Jesus. But as part of that, I needed to let my identity go. It was not about me and my success. It was not about making the right decision. He doesn't want me to get distracted by the wind He wants me to fix my eyes on him. So I needed to get out of the boat and I needed to make a decision and say to Jesus that I will fix my eyes on you. And in that moment, I realized that life was not about those three TV screens. We don't have to worry about getting onto the IMAX and we don't have to worry about being slightly in the middle for God's plan B in the middle of the plasma. And we definitely don't need to worry about that black and white old TV thinking like we failed because his grace is big enough for us. Whatever decisions we make, wherever we end up, he will be with us. He promises to guide us, to give us hope. And as we learn to trust in him and to fix our gaze on him, we start to grow in faith. 
And faith grows out of a relationship with Jesus. When we find our identity in Jesus, it grounds us and it becomes our foundation. And it says in 1 John 2, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride is not from the Father. It is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So what is it that you think that you're putting your identity in? Is it your success at school, like me? Is it your appearance? Is it how many followers you have on Instagram? Perhaps it's getting into that friendship group that you just always wanted to be a part of. Or maybe you just, you know, you know that, you're that person that just wants a boyfriend or you just want a girlfriend. You feel like when you're in a relationship, that's going to make you feel secure. And you know what? In that moment, when we're choosing those things other than Jesus, we're saying to God that we don't really trust him because you're choosing to put those things before God. So what's going to happen when suddenly someone starts on following you? Or your friend says, hold on a minute, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Or you fail an exam, or you become single again. Who are you going to turn to? And I can tell you that from my experience, that short term, you might get affirmation. You might be like me at parents' evening, enjoying those moments of praise. But suddenly, when things don't go to plan, or something fails, or you just, something happens that you're just disappointed with, you're left in that moment feeling gripped by disappointment and fear. And I became a slave to fear because God doesn't say that in isolation any of those things that I've just mentioned are wrong. But when we wrap our identity around them, And when we put everything we want in those desires, we're saying to God that he doesn't satisfy us. And I had to learn that putting my identity in decisions, my decisions in my future and making the right, perfect answer to everything will not satisfy me. Because if I make the wrong decision, what's going to happen? I need to be rooted in Jesus. He needs to be my firm foundation because when it's difficult and if we don't have our identity in Jesus, we end up sinking like the the man who built his house upon a sand. But if we decide to build our lives upon a rock, we can stand rooted in him And stand strong when stuff like that happens. Because life is hard. There is going to be times where we question things and we ask questions like Dan was saying earlier. And we we doubt. And sometimes even now, I still doubt myself. Sometimes people say unhelpful things. Sometimes I get bad feedback. And the enemy comes in those moments and he loves to just lie to us and say, Lauren, you know, you're not good enough. You think you've made it, but you haven't. And he just, the enemy loves to do that. But when that comes, now that I've rooted myself in Jesus, 
I can hold on to the truth that knowing that he is my rock of ages, that he has taken it all and that he is enough. And I had to understand that my identity is in Christ. It's not in the things that I do. And this has allowed me to embrace the knowledge that I have a father who loves me unconditionally. No matter what I do, no matter what I say, no matter the choices that I make, his love does not change as a result. And Jesus went to the cross and he died the death that we should have died. And what that means is that every single sin that we've committed or will ever commit, and even the sin that's been committed against us, was forgiven at the cross. You have been cleansed in full without exception at the cross. None of you have to wear that cloak that we were talking about last night with all that paint on it. You don't have to do that. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are free from captivity. We are free from fear and we are not slaves to sin anymore. In Christ, we are victorious. And it says in Ephesians 2, it says, By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's not based on the decisions that you make. It's the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Are you in Christ? Do you believe that God's forgiven you for all your sins, past, present, and future? Because... Jesus shouted it from the cross. It is finished. And in that moment, all our sins were forgiven. And God has great plans for you. He's interested in you and he values you. And you can call yourself sons and daughters, but you don't have to just call yourself that. You can actually walk in the knowledge of being a daughter and a son. You can feel valued. You can walk into knowing who he's made you to be because we can be stronger with him. We can be freer because of his blood and we can have more peace with him. So we can hold on to him in the storm. And how do we do this? Well, he gives us his Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit is our helper and he gives us everything we need. We were chosen before created. And some of you may feel unknown, but you need to know that you are known by Jesus. Not due to your works, not due to your achievement, but by grace. And identity gives us purpose. It's really important that we understand who we are, because then we can start to see what we are created for. So I'm going to give you some four truths that I want you to go away thinking about. Some of you have got pen and paper. Some of you have got your phones. And I want these four things. If anything, you go away from this seminar, you go away knowing these four points. Firstly, you were created in his image. You are a child and an heir of the creator of the universe. 
the king of kings. So the first one is you are created in his image. Secondly, God's love does not fail, nor does it change towards you based on the decisions that you make. You are his family. Thirdly, God genuinely cares about the details of your lives and you can start to trust him. And lastly, God has created you with a purpose to glorify him. Your competence, so what you're good at, is not based on what you do. It's about being founded in God. And we need to uh, keep trusting in him. We need to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus because I had to learn that my identity is rooted in Jesus. It's not based on myself. It's not based on what I do. It's not based on what I think, on the decisions that I make. And when I was preparing for this seminar, I was asked a few months ago, I really felt God clearly speak to me about three groups of people. And the first group of you have heard my story this morning and you can relate to it. And you genuinely live your life feeling like life is like a tightrope. And you feel like there's no way off apart from falling. And you live your life so close to the line, always feeling like you need to make the right decision. But it paralyzes you thinking about the future. It paralyzes thinking, what if I get it wrong? What if I, what are they going to think of me? And God this morning wants to break that in a lot of you this morning. And God wants to set you free from it and wants to make sure that you're not, um, wants to make you, help you get yourself rooted in him. And the second group of people, I feel like there's some of you that even last night, you're still carrying guilt, you're still carrying shame. You feel like you can't be truly adopted as a son or as a daughter because God, you think that God doesn't accept you. But you need to understand that when Jesus took it to the cross, when he carried that cross, he did it for you. And you don't have to live in sin and condemnation anymore because he's called you to freedom. He wants you to have a new identity in him, clean and forgiven. And finally, some of you are rooted and you're scared about just rooting yourself in him in the first place. You feel like you've never actually taken the plunge and fully made the decision to put their trust in him. You aren't sure if you really want to take the plunge of putting Jesus first because to be honest, you're enjoying some of the other stuff that's giving you purpose. You're enjoying what your mates think of you. You're enjoying that buzz of when someone likes your post on Instagram or Facebook. And that is just gripping you about where you feel like your identity is from at the moment. And other things, they're satisfying you. But as I've been speaking to you this morning, you might be like me as a, as a teenager, feeling like in your heart that God is speaking to you. But God wants to get to know some of you this morning. And he wants you to trust him. I feel like there's some Peters out there that you need to step out of the boat and you need to fix your eyes on Jesus. 
and you need to be obedient to him. Because you know what? He already knows everything about us. And he wants you to put your trust and identity in him. And I really feel like this morning is a moment for some of you. We've already had quite a lot of, you know, I heard last night about shame that he grips us. And we've heard this morning just Dan's story of, of freedom and how that he asked questions and found that he needs to be rooted in Jesus. And it is so important that we root ourselves in him, guys. It's so important. And um, so I think there's some red caps. I think also there's some youth leaders out there. So perhaps um, if you can stand up quietly from where you are. Just be quiet. And I'm going to, what I want you to do is all stand. And first of all, I'm going to pray for all of you. Because I, as I said, I felt like this morning there's a moment. So we're just going to be quiet before him right now. If you can close your eyes. And we're going to ask that God would help us right now. So God, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to the cross. I thank you that you know everything about us. God, you know all our guilt, all our shame. You know everything we've done. But God, you you chose to send your son, Jesus, at the cross so that we could find freedom in you. And God, I want to pray right now all around the room with these young people as they close their eyes, as they start giving you back control and they start letting some of these things that grip our hearts. I pray would they feel brave enough strong enough to let some of this stuff go. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would um, give peace to these guys. If there's some of you that are feeling this sense of specifically about fear of the future and you are feeling scared even right now. And as you walk into new environments, you walk into school, you're just gripped by fear. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give such peace right now. I want to pray that you would come in this room, meet us where we are. And for those that feel like they're like Peter, that they need to get out of the boat, that they need to fix their eyes on Jesus, I want to pray that you would help us fix our eyes on you right now. That we would have greater understanding of what you've done for us, greater understanding about what you, what you think about us, that you love us despite the decisions that we, we make, despite making the wrong decisions sometimes. And I pray would we know more of your grace and mercy in our lives. Just keep your eyes closed just where you are. Let's, have, let's get just a sense of uh, what's going on in the room. So just, just close your eyes where you are. If there's something that Lauren said that you feel like, yeah, that's me. Maybe you feel like you're on the, on the tightrope. Or yeah, there's stuff that you're fearing in life. Or maybe there's stuff you're pursuing that isn't Jesus. And you're thinking, yeah, you know what, I need to do something about that. It might just be, I just need to pray uh, during this seminar. Why don't you just, everyone's got their eyes closed, that's cool. Why don't you just put your hand up where you are. Think, actually, God, there's something I want you to do for me right now. No one's looking. She's saying, yeah, that's me. I'm a bit of fearful. Things are a bit difficult. I know I've come into this week a bit anxious. Say a shame with the team saying, you know, I'm going to get some prayer for that this week. Maybe that's where you're at right now. The Bible talks about that verse that Lauren said about, you know, you've got to laugh at tomorrow. You're not scared about what's to come. Is that you? If that's not you, you should put your hand up. Say, you know what, you know, I'm not worried. I'm not sure about tomorrow. 
I'm not sure about my parents' marriage or about family. I'm not sure about school. I'm not sure about who I am or where I'm going. You know what? God loves to bring peace into our lives so we can just laugh about tomorrow. I say, okay, God's got me. Okay, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that Lauren's brought. Lord God, thank you for those people who just boldly put their hands up. Uh, Lord God, just saying, God, they want more of you. They need more of you. They're where this life feels stormy or where it feels like they're walking on a tightrope. Lord God, I just want to pray, come and minister to them. Lord God, come and give your peace, the peace that goes beyond our ability to understand. Our circumstances may not change, but thank you, we can have joy and peace and even laughter in the midst of it. And I just pray, God, that even before they leave New Day, they might just know a new sense of being rooted in you, I pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said...